welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan, and we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon, here to open up our lives and minds with you. We are your companion on the journey to grow your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've got a free email course on our website, shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course, with practical steps on overcoming your fear and anxiety. Thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome again to the Shrink Think Podcast. We've got a little bit of a sad show today. Um, I mean, it's fine. It'll be good. You know, it's always a good time here. But the topic is going to be a little bit heavy because we want to talk about grief. For people who have been told or maybe you've thought for yourself, oh, I should go talk to a counselor because, you know, I lost somebody, somebody close to me died, and I want to talk to a counselor about it or whatever. Um, And then you go to grief counseling. Uh, What does that involve? What does that look like? All that kind of stuff. That's what we're going to talk about today. But first, we want to tell you about a new service that we created that's coming soon for therapists and people going to therapy. It's called ShrinkThink. These are short educational videos to inform you so that you can be empowered to get the most out of your therapy experience. We've got a website that's already uh, put up, shrinkthink.com, that you can check out. Um, All that stuff is going to be coming soon, so stay tuned. For now, let's jump back into our topic here. Uh, Nathan, you were telling me before we started recording here um, about this whole, like, I guess, tell me about your week that some of this stuff has been kind of coming up this week related to the topic, which sort of prompted this. Yeah, we, you know, we always, I don't actually, I don't know. I think most of the listeners out there know that we oftentimes go through the week that we're in whatever, and we'll use themes from that. And I don't think if I've said this, it's been a very long time (laughs) since I've said it, but there's kind of a joke for us therapists that have been doing this for like a, a longer time. Like when I say that, I mean, probably more than you know, maybe seven years or whatever that you start to realize like people come in and themes like, look, all the OCD people just showed up. Oh, that's weird. They all got together and something's in the water. Their their club must have just ended for the season. (laughs) They're like, where do we go? Let's go to to the season. We have to go somewhere. (laughs) It's it's just weird. Like you get all this and then you start because you start thinking like, am I only seeing this? Like, is there something wrong with my own eyeballs as a therapist? Anyway, so you notice themes is my point. Well, this is similar. This last uh, week, the last two weeks, there's been a lot of situations where people have um, died. There's been a there's been a couple suicides. There was a murder um, there, and then there was a couple other deaths. And these are all happening. In they were all kind of weird deaths in a way, like unexpected, and they're all happening in communities where these folks normally would not experience this stuff. And so it's been on the top of mind. I mean, Aaron, you said that to me, hey, I just found out this person in this city died. And just so you know, this is this is a big deal. And literally, I, I had got off the phone with somebody else wanting to come back in who lives in that community telling me about that. I'm like that same situation. Yeah, yeah same I was person. like, was that this person? You're like, yes, that's what I'm like. Right. So um, but. The other thing is with this, this one murder that happened, which sounds so weird to even say like out loud, it was of a 13 year old girl in a, in a, in an upper middle class community in a situation that was just weird. And one of my clients happens to be a teacher at this place. And, um, I'm like, well, did you know her or anything? He's like, no, I, no, I never, I don't teach that grade. Um, he said, well, there's like, 
he goes, there was over 20 counselors there that they called in. And, um, and I, my first thought was like, ah, man, it's such a normal thing to grieve. You don't really need a counselor, um, in that way. But I, but on the other hand, you, you do need to be able to have the feelings that you have. And oftentimes what us counselors are is permission to do that. Just the simple fact that we're there means you get to unload. And so then it started occurring to me, I have to tell you, like, uh, I don't know how you're going to hear this or whatever, but it's just the truth. I am not a good grief counselor. That's not me. I had a traumatic death in my own life growing up. Well, not, not, not your own, not my own, own, you, a family member. Cause you're, I can touch you. You're actually still here. This isn't like the ghost <laughs> of Nathan past <laughs> of Nathan past <laughs> future. Um, and, and that was really hard for me. I, my natural response was to avoid it cause it was so close. So if I now, normally speaking, I have, I can go through like what would be a normal life grief scenario, meaning something that's a little distant for somebody like, they lost a family member that they really don't talk to and they're having weird feelings about it. That stuff is totally fine. But to be honest, and I'm, this is, you know, this, our podcast is both to therapists and bridging the gap with clients. So I'm letting all you therapists know, like, it's okay. If you know that, that you're not really that good at something, um, then you should not do it, you know, because, <laughs> because it will show up in the room. If somebody lost somebody very close, um, like they were the most important person in their life. Let's say that I'm, I'm already doing therapy with them. They've got anxiety or whatever we're working on. And then something like that happens. I will probably, re- I will refer that. There's no probably. I will refer that piece out um, because I don't, the authenticity of our relationship, they would know me well enough to know, like, I don't, they would probably feel like I don't get them or like, or somehow I'm invalidating it because like I sound, I seem like I don't care but it's my own avoidance of like, whoa, there's a lot going on here, bro. Like, and I, there's a tendency to feel like I need to fix it or whatever when it comes to that, for whatever it is, this is my own, it's my own crap, dude. We all have our own crap. So then there are some counselors though, even in light of that, that are just naturally good at this stuff. I mean, they just are. My wife went to a person that was really good at that. So anyway, all that to say, I thought, you know, we should talk about grief and I can share my own that that own per, that own, my own personal side of that. But then I thought, you know, there are, there is grief actually that is a psychological issue. It is what's considered treatable, but grief in its normal nature, meaning like life happens, is not treatable in therapy. Yeah, so that's where we want to start, I guess, is with the okay. So what's the normal part of this? Because when you were telling me the story of like, okay, you know, so-and-so's uncle died and, you know, people around them are like, oh, maybe you should go talk to a counselor. My very immediate thought was like, well, that's kind of mean to say to somebody because it's essentially these people around them, maybe they, I get, it's a bit of an assumption here, but this, it's an assumption based off of the experiences that I've had as a therapist for people that come in and tell me about all these people around them that don't really know how to handle their grief. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. They don't really have a lot of great reactions for them. And then they come out with a statement of like, oh, maybe you should talk to a counselor, which is kind of like, you're, you're being kind of weird about this whole uncle dying thing. You know, maybe you should go, maybe it's an issue that's not normal and you should go talk to somebody to get that fixed. And so from off the bat, I guess I, I just want to start with like, that's, 
that's a normal thing. You know, if you're feeling grief, experiencing bereavement and sadness over the loss of somebody, that's a very normal thing, especially here in, in America, in the Western world, where we are so removed from death. We don't experience it. We don't like to be close to it. Um, we can live a long time. You know, in fact, we're always trying to extend our life as much as we can. Um, whereas in other countries, it happens all the time. I remember when I was in Africa uh, a number of years ago, I was listening to some people have a conversation and and it was kind of like they were catching up and it was, you know, this happened, this job and this relationship. And it's also like a bunch of like, oh, yeah, this person died and then that person died. and Oh, yeah. And then this other person died. It was like this is just a normal part of life because it's happening more frequently all the time. And that's not to say that, you know, death is more likely depending on I mean, there is some truth to that depending on I mean, if you're in a war torn country, maybe. But I like that you brought it up to the to the cultural piece, because in America, we sterilize death. I mean, we, you hear somebody died, you don't see anything, you go to a funeral, and then they're gone. Like, all the magic happens and behind the scenes, you, you have these little things that you do. I say that because when, um, earlier in my clinical life, there was a person sharing a story about a African, uh, I don't know where it was in Africa, but what happened was, because so if you've experienced any death at all, one of the things that you go through is this idea that it feels like the world just stops, like everything's just over. Well, um, you do that alone in America. Like you have that feeling and you look around, you can't understand why these people keep going. But in this African tribe, this person was explaining like the whole tribe does stop, like the whole village, I mean, did stop and they stopped doing everything they're doing. And how much more sense would that make? It would, it would, it would, you would not feel alone. You'd be like, Oh, like this, it would, it's intuitive that that's supposed to happen. And then all these, and then the person that's, that's has died is carried through the streets and this whole thing goes on for days. So, um, that does not happen here. So like, I, I like that you brought up the cultural component. Um, and so just to say that it's like, it's, it is one of those things where, somebody dies and like you were saying earlier it feels mean it's like yeah because their first thought as an american is like wow that's a big deal um talk to somebody else <laughs> right right and even you as a therapist can you know can admit that you can say yeah that's one of those things that that i don't do well and i would say that's probably the norm that for a lot of americans you know people out there they don't know what to do with it they don't know what to say the things i hear the the people that come into my office who are grieving will tell me that people around them have said these things. And these are like common, you know, phrases or responses to their grief are, are things like, oh, or wow, that's a lot. Or they just don't say anything. Or, oh, but God has a good plan for it. Or, oh, have you tried this? Like, you know, so all, in all of that, they, they don't say anything. So they feel alone. Or... They try to say something to fix it um, as though whatever you're feeling is bad or wrong or not okay and it needs some sort of fixing. Or, um, yeah, but there, something good is going to happen and try to like silver lining, silver liner it, whatever you, <laughs> however you want to say that, <laughs> um, which just is really maddening and, and invalidating. So then you're like, okay, I'm not going to share that again. All of that, like these are really common responses that people get. And I think then those people are like, okay, you still seem sad, even though 
it's been two weeks and I've told you what to do to fix it. You're still not better. So maybe here's another casserole, (laughs) right? Here's another casserole. (laughs) Why don't you take that to your therapist's office? (laughs) And so in they walk and they're, you know, usually fairly hesitant, but they're also very emotional. I can see that it's, it's near the surface. And what you need when you're grieving is just simply to grieve is just simply to feel, to talk about it, to express whatever it is that you're feeling to unpack or unravel or make sense of the life and experiences and also loss of this person that was close to you. And that means telling a lot of stories. That means feeling the broad range of feelings that go with that. And none of it has to really make sense. It's not like you're really trying to like cognitively put pieces together. Um, That's what the other person is doing kind of with their emotions. But generally speaking, when somebody comes in and they share about that stuff, it's very heavy. And I think that's why so many people, therapists or people in general, have such a hard time with the the subject of grief because it really pulls on your heartstrings. It's even as a therapist, it's nearly impossible for me to not tear up or cry when somebody is grieving. It's just that heavy because that's what they need is for you to walk through that process with them to hear about how significant this person was in their life, how much they love them and care about them and how much they miss them. And that in and of itself is just sad and heavy. And I I mean, I have very distinct memories when uh, those sessions or those clients leave my office. It's a, it's a very um, palpable feeling in my body and in my breath where it's like, oh, it's, I just need to like take a few breaths and kind of remind myself that it's like, it's not my stuff and I need to be able to move on to the next client, but it really is heavy. But at the same time, at the same time, I think if you can be with somebody in that grief, ultimately what they're looking for, what they need is, like you said, for somebody to be with them in it so that they're not alone. And it's kind of like at the bottom, the very, very bottom of that pit, when they kind of land there, there's a little piece that happens when they get to sort of the end of that moment of grief. They experience a peace and then it's you and it's them in that peaceful place. And it's actually quite beautiful. It sounds funny. Like um, on the one hand, like I don't want to move on necessarily from the space that we're creating here, but I'm, I'm also looking at the time thinking the other side of this is the stuff that's treatable, right? Right. The stuff that actually is um, like, it is a mental health disorder, technically speaking, which sounds weird to say, because it's like, and, and how that happens I have one story for you. I worked with the person a while ago and essentially what happened was, um, and I'm not sure how this ended up illuminating and illuminating in the session, to be honest, it's been so long ago, but what was discovered was this person lost their mom and you know, that sense of life stopping, they didn't stop. It had happened five years previous they did not go to the funeral. They did not, they actually disconnect, in order to disconnect from all of that, they disconnected from other people in their life that knew the person. They dropped totally off the map. Uh, I remember one of the things that I do remember about it that stuck out is like where I was kind of realizing all this stuff was happening at once was um, the person was crying and they had no idea why. They, they were, I don't know why I'm crying right now. Um, and so, somewhere in there is how we figured this out. And, um, she, she still didn't even want to say 
that her mom had died. And so even saying those words was like getting too close to this, to the feeling that she really did not want to feel. Right. So I, I believe we tracked it back by, by, by the feeling itself and how old it felt. And like, I guess it's been around for a few years, you know, like (laughs) what happened a few years ago. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, I got a new car. My job changed. My mom died and I got some new pants. (laughs) Wait, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, even if you, as you're listening to that, you can be like, okay, that actually is a thing. You know, um, we had some, we've had some, uh, um, people in our practice over time. Like, um, when I, when I say that, I mean like families and even people that are connected here and there that where somebody will, um, die unexpectedly, but also tragically, like what is going, like, how does that happen? Where eat, where you sit there and go, no way. And people just cannot accept it because it's like not only does that kind of thing happen to the other guy it's like it's a next level thing that you would maybe see on the discovery channel or something of like getting eaten by an alligator you know like and go like um yeah that that, wow that's bad for that family but then when it happens to like somebody you know you're like what and just let it's a whole new level of weird that type of thing in and of itself is like this traumatic event you could end up having nightmares from it you could have this anxiety that's going on and it and it, it really is kind of closer to a PTSD type of thing. And so it's it's like what you're treating as a therapist when somebody comes in in that place is actually more PTSD. Yeah, because just to kind of give you some of that background with a post-traumatic stress disorder diagnosis, what you're looking at is like there are, you know, something, some potentially um, dangerous or tragic event had happened where your life was threatened or or somebody close to you, their life was threatened, um, or maybe somebody really did die or whatever. But as a result, you have these traumatic feelings or these intense reactions to that thing. And the way that you deal with that is by avoiding those feelings. Like You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to think about it. You don't want to go near anything like that. And, and that, to a certain degree, can kind of make sense because it's, you know, it's a, it's a nerve or it's sensitive or whatever. But the the degree that we're talking about is like you're really avoiding it <laughs> to the degree where it's like I'm not going to even talk to my sister because she's related to my mom, <laughs> you know. Um, I'm going to uh, I don't know visit an underground shelter on Mother's Day. I I don't know like all these things that to avoid <laughs> all of that. So in a certain way, you need to be able to go into those feelings. I mean, it, it's helpful. This is why I wanted to describe what it's like actually go through grief counseling because when you think about listening to somebody talk about the grief and kind of uh delving down into the bottom of that pit with them and and being with them there and then you contrast that with this avoidance stuff we're talking about you can see how oh yeah of course many people would want to avoid that because it's you know heavy and sad and awful but then when you're avoiding it to the extent that we're talking about it like, okay, that makes sense of why and how that would be a mental health disorder. Right. Yeah. At that point, you, you have to, in order to, to continue through your life, you have to process all this emotional data. Yeah. And I guess, let me just say, you know, it's a mental health disorder in the, in the sense that the avoidance of this natural process is dysfunctional, right? If you, um, that mechanism of like avoidance is problematic. So what we want to treat is all the system in your your psychology and your functioning that's been built around 
um, colluding with this avoidance uh, mechanism in you that has become so dysfunctional. We want to, I guess, dismantle that in a sense and rebuild a new structure inside of you so that your natural grieving process can occur and you're not so overwhelmed or shut down or um, un, like not functional or whatever. So it's, it's, it's not that there's, you're a bad person or there's something you know, in, intrinsically wrong with you. You need to be medicated or um, chop your arm off or something. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's nothing like that. It's not like, but it's more like, yeah, you've, you've developed this unhealthy way of coping that we need to undo so that we can kind of unleash this natural um, system inside of you. Yeah, well, and, and uh, the other side of treating grief is when you're in a situation, maybe you've lost someone. And you do know that you're, you're you're trying to accept your feelings. Maybe you have okay support, but you're also realizing there's something you can't put your finger on and, and you can't let this stuff go. Like for whatever reason. And, and when I say can't let this stuff go, the reality is when you lose someone, this affects you for the rest of your life. This is not something like, well, you feel better now. It's been five years and you're fine now. Like, well, you're doing life fine now, but what I'm talking about is you, is there's something that you intuitively know, but you don't know what it is that you can't move out of that space. That would also be a situation that is treatable, right? Because you're, you're, you know, like you lost this person. It's, it's really about that, but there's something else going on and you don't know what it is. And you quite frankly, don't want to think about it and you keep talking about it. And then your friends say, you know, it's, it's been about six months. I mean, like maybe you should talk to somebody and you seem more stuck than like in a way that you should be able to move past. And maybe even you recognize that you should be able to move past. Right. It's not that you're going to move past this person you've lost. It's just that you need to be inside your process. So at any rate, we hope this topic has been helpful. It's been very sad, (laughs) but try to have a good day. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening. 